0: What we've seen in the last, you know, six, seven, eight months, is actual protests outside the banks and in the streets. And this is something that is, you know, in China, that's a no-no. Right? You don't want the population getting angry and picking up sticks and clubs and whatever they can, because uh, you know this is how revolutions get started.
1: Good afternoon, welcome to the North Point of View. Uh, I'm here with Dr. Walter Kimsey's. Walter, how are you? I'm good, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. A lot to go through today, but the Evergrande deal in China is back in the headlines. Uh, I think it's it's finally completely crashed to the ground now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're picking up the pieces. Right. I, I heard something that the, the their debt was trading at like 3 cents on the dollar. Um, just about over Um, and there was an article in the in the journal yesterday where somebody asked so does this mean that the crisis of real estate in China is over (laughs) (laughs) uh, maybe it's just beginning or or certainly we're in the middle of it right yeah what what does that mean what big picture how's China doing right what's their GDP what's the actual GDP not the reported GDP? What's going on over there, and then ultimately, what does that mean for us?
0: Yeah, so there's a, a number of dimensions, like you just mentioned. Uh, <clears throat> to me, the most important one is uh, what's happened with Evergrande because uh, real estate's 25 percent of China's economy. Right, and uh, it's not just uh, Evergrande, who's uh, <clears throat> who's uh, who just blew up, but uh, the number two, and I forgot the name of it off the top of my head. The number three, they've also all crashed and burned. Right. And then when you go down to the much smaller developers, uh, it's a raging forest fire. Right. Right. Uh, people are are trying to get their monies back from the bank because the deposits they made for uh, the, the the construction of apartments or houses, uh, it's not happening. Right. And so these developer, developers don't have the money. And they can't, um, and they can't proceed. When you go to the bank to get your money, you can't get your money. And what we've seen in the last, you know, six, seven, eight months, is actual protests outside the banks and in the streets. And this is something that is, you know, in China, that's a no-no. Right. You don't want the population getting angry and picking up sticks and clubs and whatever they can because. Uh, you know, this is how revolutions get started.
1: And a side question, is, is bankruptcy in China similar to, to bankruptcy filing in the U.S.? I,
0: I don't know. No, in almost the entire world, I would say, it's, uh, it's much worse to go file bankruptcy in China or Europe or, or Brazil. The, uh, the bankruptcy laws are terrible. In some cases, you can never again have a checking account. You know, you have to go to the bank and get you know, printed checks for you to pay bills if you need to pay that way. Uh, you're allowed to hold debit cards, but not credit cards. And so when you look at a business in China that's that f- stumbled and they're trying to get back on their feet, they need access to credit, but you're not allowed to because you went bankrupt. Right. And so the, the culture of, you know, failed once you're done compared to the United States where You've been bankrupt before, okay. How much do you need to borrow? Because you know you've learned. You know we can we look around right. the back, and so, you know and see your scars. So uh, no, this is uh, the financial system in China is not geared to help the private sector get back up on its feet.
1: And so what you know, in terms of um, you know the the drag going forward, what do you think? Well, currently, how's China doing? And, and sort of what's your you know, two to three year forecast?
0: Well, uh, China is struggling with the exports. Um, China is, is going down the route Japan did, right? So 1987, Reagan imposed 100% tariffs on Chinese electronics and, and, uh, and tools. Uh, those companies uh, moved their factories to other parts of the world, like Korea, Hong right. Kong, Taiwan, eventually China and uh, they would make the components in Japan, ship it over to these other countries without tariff, assemble the final product there, and, sh- and those other countries would shift it to the U.S. with minimal tariff. And that's how the Japanese companies got away with it. So Japanese companies, they were okay. Japan economy just got slapped to the ground. They were already overvalued. You know, the uh, you look at the valuations of banks and real estate in Japan, in 1989 relative to GDP or any other measure, it was astonishing. And so it was a bubble, we knew it was going to blow up, it did blow up, but it blew up in a terrible way in that Japanese companies were already exiting to other places. And um, when you look at the analogy to China today, you've got the financial sector blowing up, the real estate sector pricing was too high. Uh, the uh, and you've got Chinese manufacturers moving uh, operations to other parts of the world you know Thailand, uh, Vietnam, you know India Indonesia, Mexico uh, you know the it's it's really really tough uh, for China at at this point. I mean the only thing that the Communist Party could do to completely change its stars would be to drop this you know, state intervention in the economy stance, which is what they've been doing, and go back to be more of a free market economy, which is what what they were 10 years ago. And uh, that could help the economy thrive once more.
1: Doesn't seem like that's their attitude, though. If anything, it seems to be going the opposite.
0: Exactly, and and, you know, so unfortunately, the faster Z gets painted into a corner, the faster he he uses his paintbrush. And so, uh, So the exports are down. The internal consumption in China, consumption has not really driven the economy ever. In the US, it's 65 to 70% of GDP. And I forgot what it is exactly in China, but it's something like 25%. It's a night and day difference. And so if you think you're gonna prod consumers to spend more and that's gonna help make the economy go, no, in fact, probably the more you do that, the more people wanna hide their money because their savings accounts are subject to whatever the government does to the renminbi. And their other main source of savings, which is the housing, uh, that's being torpedoed. The pricing is getting torpedoed. House price indices are down across China. The bubble isn't deflating. It's popping. I and mean, when bubbles pop, stuff goes all over the place.
1: And so would you, would you
0: say at this point that China is in recession? Uh, I say so. Yes, I look at the unemployment rate. It's way up, especially for the youth.
1: When you it, say way up, what it was? What do you think? What is that number? Uh,
0: to to thirty five percent, and that's being conservative. I've heard others say even higher, but they won't. The government isn't publishing it anymore.
1: And so, if there's continued slowdown in China, um, next two three years, what? Where does that put our relationship with them? And obviously that's it's we got all kind of things going on with China, right? I mean yeah. we got trade, we got military, we got you know our debt and you know how much of that they own, et cetera. so it's it's complicated.
0: It is. But you see, we maintained a relationship with Japan, even though Japan the best part of Japan's manufacturing left, and so Japan lost that. But we maintained good relationship with Japan because, they have China next door to them. With China uh, and all of this exodus happening, uh, the uh, the the biggest fear that people have had, and this is for many years, is that they would uh, adopt some kind of bellicose strategy, where they Taiwan or maybe not Taiwan, <coughs> but that they would push for for military aggression. And uh, that's not a good thing. It's not, a, it's not good for China. It's not good for the Chinese people. I think it's a horrible mistake, but, but we are going in that direction.
1: I mean, that's what we saw with Russia, right? I the, mean, when a guy uh, that's running the country feels the strains of, of the you know, economic downturn to a point that he's got to make a move, then it's the kind of move that we don't like to see. Exactly,
0: right? yeah. So what we have in the world is a big push by several countries, China, Russia, India, North Korea. Uh, I call it crink because it's just easier to say all the initials at once. But uh, they keep talking about a new world order. And uh, no, they, they don't appear capable of building a healthy economy in a new world order. Otherwise, I'd be all for it. You know, we've got some jackass politicians in our country. (laughs) (laughs) That's a transition to our
1: next podcast. Walter, always great to be with you, man. All right. Good seeing you, Mark. Take care. All right. Thanks, guys.